What do you call a pastor in Germany? Oh, guys, he's been laughing about this the whole <laughs> <laughs> what, do you call, what do you call a pastor in Germany? A German shepherd. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. That's not bad. That is good. That is the best, best Father's Day joke I heard, man. I've been, I've been brewing on that one since Monday. It's like, oh, I'm going to tell this. hope it doesn't show up anywhere this week. Uh, it's so bad. It's good. That's what makes dad jokes so awesome. It's like, I was walking around. Next year, we're going to do the survivors of dad jokes. And we're just going to get um, kids to go, what, has your, what kind of dad jokes has your dad shared? It's like... Um, and, and, and I was actually looking for like a more Christian theme because, you know, apparently I was a bad pastor this week. Um, and, and so it's like the, this, this one also is like, what was um, Boaz called before he was, what kind of person was Boaz before he got married? Yes, yes, it's really that bad. He was ruthless. <laughs> so, so for those, um, this is because we need to have Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's get let's get let's get into this. Let's get into this. So last week, last week we were um, we 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 spoke about. Uh, this is more of an an outro from last week. Uh, something that I left out because last week we were talking about how um, uh, we we met up with a guy called Philip, and through the discussion that we had in the book of Acts last week, we learned that we have to boldly go to places and to people that we usually wouldn't go to tell them the story of Jesus. And how, because of what happened, there was this movement, and Philip went into this town called Samaria. And in Samaria, he speaks to different people, he shares the gospel, they get baptized, and one of them that he shares the message with is an Ethiopian, a very influential guy, and... um, and, and in, my, in, in my intro, I used um, the illustration of, to boldly go, I used the illustration of the line from Star Trek. I don't know if you guys remember, to boldly go where no man has gone before. And um, I just wanted to share this thing quickly. Acts chapter 8, verse 39 to 40. When they came out of, out of the water, this is after Philip baptized the, uh, the eunuch, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. And this is just what I wanted to share. The first human teleportation device was discovered in the Bible and not in a sci-fi movie. So I just wanted to make you guys aware of that. And um, yeah, that is beautiful. Enough of the dad jokes. So yeah, let's go. Acts chapter 9. We're going to be in Acts chapter 9 today. Uh, we're going to be reading from verse 1. Last week we met, um, we had a look at two kinds of people that the gospel can reach, and it's limitless and, 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 and it's so powerful to reach people that, you know, are either outcast or searching. And today we're going to be looking at two more characters, and I think next week we're going to be looking at another character, 
It's just to show you that no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus, if you haven't heard of him or if you are limited to him or whatever it is, the gospel has the power to reach you where you are. And so Acts chapter 9, we pick up with the, the story of Saul. Now remember, our first encounter with Saul was when Stephen was being um, martyred. And so in chapter 9 from verse 1, this is what we find. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He wasn't a nice guy to, to Christians. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, and, and this is the thing, the way was those that followed Jesus. The way, I don't know, once again, let's go back to sci-fi movies. Anybody watch The Mandalorian? Yeah? Okay, no? No? Wow. This is the way. Okay. So, whoever belonged to the way, whether men or women, see, he, he didn't judge. Whether you were a man or a lady, if you follow Jesus, he asked, can I get letters to persecute them? That he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem... And then verse 3, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul. Okay, how do you read your Bible? <laughs> not like me. Not, not like me. <laughs> so the question is, when, when, if, just, just go into that little box of yours. And how did Jesus speak to Saul at that moment? What is it? It's, for, for me, it wasn't just like, oi. It's like, it's, it's like a deep voice. Like, for me, Darth Vader, you know, um, Samuel Jones. And, and he's going, no, 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 no. Yeah. And he goes, Saul. I can't even go that low. Saul. Yo, yo, like, like Mufasa called him, man. Like, Saul. So. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like quivering fear. But that, that's how I get it. I mean, like, he has this encounter. Talk about it. He knew where he was, and this was an act of God. Why? Because they were walking in daytime. And then all of a sudden, there was this light that flashed, and he heard a voice, and it couldn't have been Masakant. It was literally something that spoke into his very being. Like, Saul, come on. Like, like you know when you're in trouble and your dad calls you from the other room. I was going to say my real name now, but Milo. <laughs> when I hear that name, I'm always in trouble. So. And he goes, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Because have a look at this. Jesus is in such a relationship with these people, with you and me, that when someone persecutes us, they're persecuting him. And he looks at Saul and he goes, why are you persecuting me? And then he goes, who are you, Lord? Because he, at this moment, realizes this is not natural. And he asks, who are you? And the response is, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. And, and, and I want you to take note, there isn't a conversation from Saul from this moment. 
He finds out who it is, and when he realizes that it's Jesus, he stops talking. When, when, when God speaks to you, what is your response? Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, even the guys around him. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Let's talk about this, and I want to use it from, I want to talk to you from this point of view, do I have your attention? Let's pray. Lord, as we stand here, we, like I prayed this morning, I thank you for the dads, for fathers that lay down their lives for you to raise up mighty men and women. So, Father, as, 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 we, as, as we celebrate Father's this day, may we also look to our Father in heaven, the one who loves us, and we ask, speak to us, change us. As we open your word, I pray, do the work that you need to do in us so that we may be transformed and molded into who you need us to be here on this earth. Bless our time together, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, we, were, we were on our way to church this morning, and I don't know, who's the best listener in the relationship that you are in? <laughs> and and I've, I've, like, Alison and myself, we, um, we debate on this quite often, because we have this game, uh, she will tell me things that she thinks she reminded me of or told me about a couple of weeks ago, and I will try and remember it, and it doesn't work. Like just this morning, she was talking to me while we were driving to church, and I realized, oh my gosh, she's talking to me. <laughs> and, 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 she, and I looked at her, and I'm like, yes, 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 whatever it is, because have you ever had those moments? Like you are just so focused, and you have to answer, and I looked at her, and I'm like, yeah, babe, whatever you decide. I'm, I'm, I have no idea. Up until this moment, I still, babes, I repeat. I have no idea what you said in the car. But when, when our kids were a whole lot smaller, like, um, I mean, you know, from the ages of like one going up to three, five. And um, yeah, that's, we've got three kids. That's why we had them quite, we spaced them apart. And um, uh, I know my kids. They like me. There's a lot of me in them. And one of them is I... Don't know what you said, Dad. So what we used to do, and I've told some of you guys this before, when our kids were small and we needed to tell them to do something, what I would do is, uh, Lavino, come here quickly, uh, I just, just, just so that uh, I can get it. So, so look that way. And we'd be sitting on the couch, and we'd be watching something, and I need my son to go get something. I would actually go, um, now you keep looking, keep looking. And I would go, hey, my boy, would you mind? No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Look at me, <laughs> look at me, and I would take his head yeah. and turn it and go, now what you need to do is you need to go to the room next to my bed and get my cell phone. Do you understand? And he goes, yes, no, no, go yes. And then he'd go, thank you, you can go ahead and sit. 
That was exactly what my kids would do. But, but we had to do that. Otherwise, they wouldn't pay attention because you say, hey, and it still happens now. I mean, Jaden does it. I'm like, Jaden, would you please go and go get something in my room? And he goes, sure, Dad. And he goes to the kitchen and he comes around and he sits down with Oros. And I go, and my cell phone? Oh, oh yeah. What must I do with it again? <laughs> so, so, but, but there was this one day I can clearly remember I was sitting with Rebecca and we were watching something and she was talking. And then I realized I was in that moment where Milo's not listening. But my little girl looks to me, leans over, grabs my face, turns my head, and she goes, look at me. And she goes, Dad, and this is what happened. And I think she was like two or something. I was like, oh, my freaking word. And she goes, do I have your attention? I'm like, oh, my baby, yes, you do. And she still does it to this day, but she does it differently. Now she doesn't turn my head. She jumps in front of me. It's like, hey. So the question that I need to ask is, what does God need to do to get your attention? In the past, I was telling the team this morning, we've been in Acts for three months. We're only on chapter nine today. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been reading our Bible so wrong. And um, this, there's this whole theme that we've seen over the past two weeks of being in Acts three months. The last two weeks were go, get moving. It's like... We got together, we were happy to be here, we get um, filled with the Holy Spirit, we get equipped, we get trained, we learn how to serve, but the whole mandate from the very beginning of Acts was, you need to be my witness. Not here in the space that we are in, but further out there. We need to constantly keep moving. And when we don't do that, what we've noticed is that God creates movement through persecution, through, through things that we go through. And it's like, okay, I, I, I need to just shake you up a bit so that you can move. Because there's always this period of first growing, but then it shifts from growing to going. Because if we don't go, we're going to sit still. We're going to stagnate, and then we're going to become spiritual fat cats. You know, where it's all about me, feed me, bless me, but there's nothing of, hey, how are we building this kingdom? Because there's a mission to carry a message to multiply what? The kingdom. And we can't do that just sitting here in our seats. We can't do that if after the service we just go home and... You know, make your husband a nice cooked meal. <laughs> Massages. Nothing changes. You feel good, but nothing changes. So. And, and as we start looking at these last two chapters, what we realize, as if you look at it, Saul, in his eagerness to stop the spread of the gospel, is actually... The guy that actually starts the movement. There's a, you know, God says, the, the word says, I will use all things. And I will make them good. 
So it might seem like, oh, there's this stretching and it's sore, but hey, I will turn it for good. So Paul comes in and he persecutes, and I mean, Saul comes in and he persecutes, and and God says, yes, but I'm going to turn it because we have to move and we can't stay here. And Saul goes, we're going to kill them. Do you guys remember in chapter 4 or 5, we read when Peter and them were, were, were proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues, what did one of the Pharisees say? Gamaliel, he goes, leave him alone. If it's of God, who can stop this? And here's Saul, and he's on the road, he sees a light, and he goes, who are you? I am who I am right here at this moment and he goes I am Jesus I'm speaking to you and 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 the first thing I want us to take from this passage is this that Jesus pursues us before we pursue him it's the story of every Christian Jesus ran after us before we even thought about running after him, before there was a desire for us to, to, to love and, and, and follow him, there was a desire from him to draw us closer. Before we said, hey, I want to give my everything, Jesus is like, I will give everything. He pursues us before we pursue him. Think of your relationship. I don't know Ali knew I even existed. But I pursued her. I made every effort to make her notice me. Grew my hair. <laughs> that the guys were looking at our wedding photos. And they're like, um, how old were you? When you guys got married, I was 15. <laughs> and, and, and someone actually mentioned, it's like, I'm glad you bald, Milo. <laughs> I'm like, what? I had like this long hair, man. I look like Prince Charming. <laughs> Because, like, my hair, you know, Prince Charming's hair, when he rides in on a horse, it flaps. And when he stops, it drops. And he, me, when I climb off a horse, my hair's still here. It's like, oh, I look like Heihachi Mishima from taking. No, I'm just taking about it. But I pursued her. I, I served harder when she was there. I worshipped louder when she was there. My car was louder whenever someone pulled in. Why? Because I wanted her attention. And that is what Jesus is doing with each and every one of us. He goes, do I have your attention? And and what does he need to do to get your attention? Every encounter with Jesus is different. For some of us, he gets our, our attention by uh, looking at creation. Um, Ali loves sharing um, the story that her dad was led to Christ through the maps in the Bible. How does God get your attention? That a map can lead someone to salvation and lead him all the way to Jesus. It's like, wow, okay. You see, Jesus had me, I, I gave my heart to him, but he didn't have my attention. And I, I was out with friends in a club. 
Um, it's that 30 seconds all over. The flashbacks is bad. And, 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 and he calls me and he goes, it's time to go home. And I'm like, okay. You see, everyone's encounter is different because he needs to get your attention, not the person next to you. He wants you. He wants to chat to you. He wants to talk to you. In Saul's case, he stops him on a road. And it doesn't matter who you're around. Jesus is he's a gentleman, but he's also, he doesn't care. He, he does what he does. He is going to do what he's going to do. And if you are heading in a way, he's going to stop you where you are. You know, not everything that we come across is always the devil trying to prevent us from getting to someplace. Sometimes it's Jesus going, hey, what you're doing, you have put in front of me. I don't have your attention. And he goes, hey, let me just shift something so that you can. And I just get this picture of Rebecca's small hands on my big face. Just go, turns it and go, are you paying attention? And that is what we find here because Jesus didn't just die for a few. It says, for God loved the world. He goes, hey, I need to reach Saul. I need to get his attention. And so no matter what he's doing, it's like, I will stop and I will come look for him. He is a God that looks for us. He scatters the church to reach people far from him to pursue him, and therefore he pursues us. And when he pursues us, this is the next thing I want us to know. The key to change is revelation. I like Saul's response in the conversation, who are you, Lord? When Jesus climbs into Peter's boat, when he's, uh, before he becomes a disciple, Peter's discussion with Jesus is teacher. But then Jesus goes, do I have your attention? And once he gets the miracle catch, he goes, leave me, Lord. We can have all this information, but do we have revelation? Saul knows the law. He knows the teachings of Moses. He knows um, this guy called Jesus. But there's something missing. In our entire lives as a Christian, the key to revelation is Jesus. Is nothing else but Jesus. Everything changes because his information, once he encounters Jesus, turns to revelation. And when you have revelation, it leads to transformation. Like, you can read a verse for years. You can sit under teachings and preachings and, and that word could be, oh, that's my favorite verse, and, and, and it's so cool, I've heard it before, and, and can excite you, and you can go home, and it doesn't change you. 
But when Jesus steps in and there's a revelation, a revealing of him in the scripture for you, things change. And this is what happens with Saul. But remember, I said I want to look at two characters. The second one I want to have a look at is another guy by the name of Ananias. And this is a different Ananias. Remember we met Ananias and his wife uh, that didn't put their trust in God? Yeah. Yeah. God got our attention through that. On Mother's Day. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Um, just um, Spoiler alert. No one dies in this one. I thought we'd keep it lighter for the dads. <laughs> But uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 9, and we're going to be reading from verse 10. In Damascus, where was Saul going? He was going to Damascus. He got letters to persecute people in Damascus. Um, uh, do you guys know what a stop ray go is? Have you guys ever heard of a stop ray go? Any, anybody? Um, <laughs> that's what my mom called it and it just became something in our conversation stop where I go so we, we do a lot of road trips and then they work on the road and they have these roadworks ahead and there's always this stop sign to tell you when you come because you have to stop and they let the cars go and then they flip the board and then it's Ray slash go. <laughs> so we just ended up calling it. Now my kids who don't speak Afrikaans so call it a, a stop Ray go. Oh, another stop Ray go. It's like, and, 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 and something I just want to point out here quickly. These roadworks ahead for Saul at this moment. And when he has an encounter with Jesus, he, he's not turned back. When you have an encounter with Jesus, he doesn't say stop and go back. He's just like, you've got to go forward, but there is roadworks that need to take place. Because he was on his way to Damascus to do something that didn't fit in with God's plans, but then roadworks started happening in his life. And, and a lot of times when there is a block in our lives, don't turn back. Because going back is not the option. Throughout the Bible, going back is to look at the goodness, not to where you need to be always. God still wants us to go forward. And so in verse 10, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, you Ananias. <laughs> so I can't do it that low. Yes, Lord. You see, he immediately responds because he knows who it is. Two different people, two different encounters, same response. Lord. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street <laughs> and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. So whether you like it or not, he knows you are coming. So don't disappoint me. We had this, we had this pastor, um, and, and he used to stretch Allison and myself quite often. And so during service in worship, um, when um, we used to share words of, of knowledge, affirmation, and just to hear from God during the service, he would come to us before the service led, and we used to sit in front as well, and he would walk up to Ali, and he goes, do you have a word for Jesus? Oh, sorry, a word from Jesus. And Ali would look at him and he'd just go, don't disappoint Jesus. I'm like, yo, yo, 
I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. <laughs> it's like immediately. And, and here he goes, he knows you are coming, so go look for him. Uh, where was I? Uh, uh, the, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. Are we getting it yet? Are we getting it yet? Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So to the local people, the common people, their rulers, and my people. And my people. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And Ananias is sitting there. How many of you guys know news spreads? You, who can keep a secret? Oh, I keep a secret really well. If you want to spread news, tell me. Oh my gosh. It's like, I suck at stuff. I remember uh, <laughs> Ali's mom, <laughs> when we got engaged, she, uh, uh, we, I told her my plans. And I think she actually distanced herself from Allison. And when we finally got engaged, her mom went, oh, I'm so glad. Now I can talk to you because I was going to tell you everything. I was like, ah. Oh. And news travels. Hey, good news, bad news, anything that happens, it moves. And yeah, Ananias is sitting and he has information. Who does he have information on? He has information on Saul. And God goes, okay, I need you to go and sort out Saul. He goes, but, but don't you know, Lord? If I know, surely, I mean, did, did you not see the WhatsApp group? I, 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 it's probably on mute, but Lord, look here, I have actually started. He's a bad man. And once again, in the information is a key element that is missing, and that is Jesus. And when Jesus walks in, he goes, let me give you revelation, Ananias, because the revelation that you're going to get from me today is we need to go because Saul is going to go further. I need you to go so that he can go. I need you to go because there is just something in him that I need to reach more people. God reveals to him in his information the revelation of why it is so important to go to Saul. So God, Jesus looks at Ananias, I bet, and he goes, hey, do I have your attention now? And what we see from that is radical obedience. Don't place information over the revelation that God gave you. What is the word that God has given you versus the word and the information that you know? It's like uh, uh, one of the guys from the team was sharing this morning. It's like uh, the information in front of us says we cannot do this. 
But the revelation that we should have is, do you remember what God has done for you? And sometimes we take the information and we overshadow God's revelation and we stay stagnant. But what is the key word in this passage? Go. The obedience changes everything. The last thing I want us to just have a look like, look at, once we get revelation, you realize that there is always a purpose. When God wants your attention, there's a, there's a purpose for it. There's a, there's a purpose. Acts 9, 17. We're going to close it for this last few verses. When Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus. Do you remember Ananias' response to God? It's like, are you out of your mind? And then he became one of those really cool Christians, eh? Bruder. Bruder Saul, who it? Because he realized at that moment, Saul wasn't the enemy anymore. Saul didn't know it, but Ananias walks in there with revelation. Do you see, revelation doesn't just change us, it changes the way we speak to other people. It's the way we see things. Revelation is the key but then there's also purpose. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, regained his strength. God tells Ananias twice, go. How many of you guys know when, when if you, you look at Joshua, the book of Joshua, how many times does God tell Joshua, be strong and of good courage? Three times. How many of you have heard your parents say, Pratnit Yankir? Does this not show you the mercy? Of the God that we serve. Ananias, go. No. But Lord, Ananias, go. Okay. Let's go and kill these people. Hold up, Saul. Who are you, Lord? He could have, I mean, he dropped Ananias and his wife, Sapphira. Yes, Saul. And he goes, wait. Let me show you just what mercy is all about. Don't get comfortable just sitting in church because there's a purpose for everything. Saul has an encounter and he's in his encounter, his conversion is the reason we are sitting here. But have a look at this. If it wasn't for Ananias' obedience and his encounter, we wouldn't be sitting here. Some of us are called to be souls. Do I have your attention? Some of you are called to be Saul, and you're going to go out, and you're going to preach, and you're going to go into nations, and you're going to see lives changed, but can God have your attention, please? And not all of us are called to be Saul's, but all of us are called to be Ananias. 
there is a man, a woman, a child, someone that's lost, someone that's hurting, that needs to hear the story of Jesus. Will you go? There is a purpose. You might, throughout your entire life, just spend one moment with one person and it could change everything. Or you could be that one person who changes everything. But there is a purpose. Can I ask you, does God have your attention yet? I want you to take a moment quickly. Have a look at a seat that's open. And who are we wanting to see sit next to you? Who are you praying for that needs to hear how much Jesus cares from them or needs their lives changed so that they can walk a road that leads them to eternal salvation away from utter destruction? Think of those people and you might be Ananias to a soul that has been searching. You see, last week we, we, we met people that were um, cast out. We don't want to speak to them. And, and what does God say? Go, go to them. And then there's this Ethiopian that is not even from the area. And, and he's trying to figure out, hey, what is this story about? And the Holy Spirit says, go, go, go down the road. Sometimes he goes, go there or take a left here. And then he goes, go down Long Street. Yo. Yo. <laughs> I felt everybody just go, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Go down there. There's someone you need to see. And this is a nice thing. It's always a setup. God sets it up. There's always purpose when God wants your attention. This week, can we pray? Lord, you have my attention. Allow to show us where we need to go, who we need to reach this week. Can we pray?